0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness towards us. We thank you for getting together with a bunch of friends and just talking about your word and what you're doing in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would challenge us, guide us, and direct us, and that we glorify you in everything we do. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right. So this uh, this topic, um, the first topic we're going to get to is why the Bible. When an unbeliever asks you, why do you believe the Bible? Or how did the Bible become canon, become Scripture? Or is the Bible inherent, incapable of of doing wrong? What are your answers? How do you answer this question? And I think there's actually a lot of groundwork for Christians that we need to that we need to have in our minds before. Um, uh, before oftentimes, we kind of give a more surfacey answer to this question. So I want to kind of get. I think kind of behind the scenes on this issue, why the Bible, why is the Bible inerrant, why do we believe in this, the 66 books? So I think the most important verse or phrase in scripture that we all, uh, that we should anchor everything on is in the beginning God, as the most important verse, phrase in scripture, in the beginning God. We're not, we're not a man-centered world, we're a God-centered world. Man did not create heaven and earth, God did. If we don't start with God in this discussion, particularly why the Bible, we don't st- start with God in this discussion, but instead begin our human, begin with our own human reasoning. So oftentimes when we answer this question, we start with what I see or how I view the Scriptures. Um, instead, we need to begin with how God views us. Our reasoning doesn't produce God. It's the, it's the other way around. God produces us. God, God produces our reasoning. It's, it's the other way around. This might be an odd, this is kind of an odd place to start, I think, in this discussion why the Bible. But we must first note that we do not need what we do not need the Bible for. So let's talk about first what we do not need the Bible for. We do not need the Bible to know God. So you think you think of an artist. You walk in the room. You see a picture hanging on the wall, and we don't need to know the artist, to know that there's an artist that created that that painting. In the same way, you look at the trees, you look at the penguins, you look at the rainbow, and we know that someone created that. There is a God that created that. So, we don't need the Bible to know God. This might become a, as a surprise, but God created the world and everything in it, including the Bible. So the Bible, this goes, I said earlier, that man didn't create God. God created man in the same way the Bible didn't create God God created the Bible God wrote the Bible so we must first note so we need we need the Bible to make us wise unto salvation so Paul Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 says the, the scriptures are there to make you wise unto salvation the scriptures are there to reveal Jesus as the savior of the world to us to the world um, Paul says in Romans um you know how can people believe without a preacher? So, in some sense, the Bible is just, an, or the world, the created world, is just enough to kind of leave us inexcusable. So the 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 world, the creation, the trees, the the penguins, everything that God created is just enough to leave man inexcusable, and, and inexcusable, and not with any sort of I'm way out of denying that there is a God. So, we need the scriptures to make us wise in salvation, but know that there is a God. God is God. He's all powerful, holy, omnipotent, sovereign. His creation is enough to declare who He is. So, you guys think of Psalm 19 the heavens declare the glory of God, the earth is firm. Uh, um, what is it? The heavens declare the glory of God. The stars... Oh, the, the heaven... Um, hang on. Do what? Not the same Okay. Um, I'm already butchering Psalm 19. Let me, uh, let me unbutcher it. So Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the earth and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day and today utter speech, night and tonight reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth. The words to the end of the world... So the heavens declare the glory of God, and the heavens are words. And those words are universal. It's a universal language. God's creation is a universal language to everybody to know that He created the heavens and the earth. Creation requires us to believe that God created heaven and earth. So creation. Creation requires us to believe that God created heaven and earth. So what does that mean? Just by looking at his creation, we should know that there's a creator. This created world requires that we recognize there's a created God. If we don't recognize that God created everything, if we don't recognize that there is a God, this does not mean that God disappears. So, if we don't recognize God, if we don't recognize the creator, if I walk into the room and I don't recognize the artist, that doesn't mean the picture disappears on the wall. Our choice to acknowledge God or not acknowledge God as creator of the world does not determine the truth that God is God. And that he created everything. Can uh, we we'll make some ham with hash browns and sourdough? He's the hash browns. Need some green tobacco tabasco sauce? Okay, sure. Tobacco sauce. Tobacco? It's early. Thank you. Please. Anything else I can grab for you? Hey, it's good. All right, yeah. please let me know if that starts to get empty and I will refill the crap for you. Okay. Awesome. thank you. That's his job. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Let me restate that last point. God was God created the world. Um, God as creator of the world does not determine... Oh, let me... Where my notes are at. Our choice to acknowledge God or not acknowledge God as creator of the world does not determine the truth that God is God and He created everything. Alright, so here's the big idea. God created the Bible. The Bible did not create God. So grasping this, grasping this fact that God is God and everything is downstream from this. Remember, in the beginning, God. Everything flows from that. This helps us put His Word, the Bible, in perspective. God created the world, and apart from the riches of His grace towards us, part of the riches of His grace towards us was giving us His Word. was giving us a written revelation that was passed down through history to us. as part of God's gift to man. God's creation was a gift to man, and then God's written word was a gift to man. Okay, thanks. So, God did not give us popes to make us wise in salvation. God did not give us Presbyterians. He didn't give us Baptists. He didn't give us Methodists to make us wise in salvation. He gave us his word. He gave us his word as his sufficient communication to open our eyes to the plan of salvation through death and the resurrection of the Son. Alright, so let me pose this. If God did not... What are our options? Either God created the world, or what else? Either God created the world, or we evolved. Either God created the world out of nothing, or the world somehow created itself out of nothing. Those are our two options. And this is why we start with God. This is why all all Christian argumentation starts with God is because if we don't if we don't start with God then we start with evolving world out of nothing and if and if the world evolved out of nothing then how did chaos turn into order how can you get morality out of out of nature how can we get morality out of an, an evolutionary process we can't how can we get logic out of an evolutionary process? How can we get reason, love, so forth? How do these come out of an evolutionary process? So part of the reason why we start in this discussion, you know, um, why do we believe in the Bible as an inspired word of God? Part of the reason why we start with God is because if we don't, then our alternative worldview is nihilism. Our alternative worldview is despair, evolutionary despair but which which we can go down that path. So with this in mind, we now have the basis for turning to the Scriptures. There are a couple concepts I think that will help us seek to understand God's Word to us. I'm going to kind of go through a couple concepts. Here's where I didn't have time to flesh everything out as far as I wanted to. So, We're going to go through a couple principles on why we, why we believe in the, the inspired Word of God. But one of the things I want to kind of hit on first before we get into some of these um, scriptural concepts and principles is who, who gives the tests. So one of the, the, one of the um, discussion points that come up in this conversation is, is we want to test the Bible. We want to give God the test. But who, who gives the test? God tests us. God gives us the test. The teacher gives the test. We don't give the test to the teacher. Okay? And so, I bring that point up because we should defer to the scriptures and what that test should look like. And not write that test ourselves. Does that, does that kind of make sense? We aren't, we aren't trying to... I'm not writing the standard. For what constitutes the scriptures. God's writing the standard for what constitutes the scriptures. Does that, that, that kind of make sense? I hope maybe I can flesh that out a little more as, as we go down the right, line here. So there's there's three, um, there's a couple points here. I, I don't have this as organized. So, um, so first, the scriptures is self authenticating. I don't authenticate the scriptures. I read what inspired what God wrote, what God wrote through men, through holy and inspired men, and I believe what they say. I believe what God is saying through them. And so the scriptures are self self-authenticating. What do I mean by that? Well, how do you know the Bible's true? Because the Bible says so. That's that's the most basic um, circular argument and I'm fine to swallow it. <laughs> Um, so how do we know the Bible is true? Well, because the Bible says so. Again, the Bible is writing the test, not me. I'm not writing the test and saying that this is legit or not. So, the second the second um, point here is the Bible is an inspired word of God. The Bible claims, so this is kind of off the self-authenticating point, but the Bible claims to be an inspired word of God. Related to this, um, let me... To that point so the autographs, the scriptures that was written through Paul you know through Moses, um, you know through Peter, James, John, Luke, the scriptures that came from their hands those are the perfect inspired Word of God the autographs now what we have is the autographs what we have is a is a copy of the inspired Word of God. It's actually a copy of a copy of a copy of the inspired Word of God. And so, as as Protestant Christians, we believe that we have, that this, that the copy I have right here in front of me, is that this is a copy of the perfect inspired Word of God. So, um, I think there's something like 20, um, 20 question marks, or 20, 20, um, uh, um, 20 unresolved I think up to 20 unresolved um, uh, not errors but things that we haven't been able to resolve in the interpretation of, of uh, our copy and you, you'll see this we actually one of the reasons why, we, why the copies are actually so accurate, why what we have here is so accurate is there's over 5,000 Greek manuscripts um, over 19,000 manuscripts in various languages that date back to 1st century Christ. Um, and so we can actually compare all these all these 19, basically 26,000 copies, 26,000 scriptures, and see how close they are with one another. So all the copies combine. I mean we had like, I think there's only like 10 copies of Herodotus or something like that. Um, Homer, I think there's like maybe three to 600 copies of Homer. Um, uh, it's been a long time since so I revisited that, but we have twenty-six thousand. Yeah, thank you. How was that green eggs and ham? It's so good. Yeah, it's the best. So we have we have twenty-six thousand manuscripts that we can compare and con- with one another, and so we have a high quality of of um, comparable production to be able to get the the word of God that we have now, so we believe that this contains the inspired word of God. So the apographs, we believe that this contains the inspired word of God. Um, but I'd also add to this, if we found a letter that Jesus wrote to his disciples, do you think we'd include that in the scriptures? I'd have I'd have no I'd have no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Then it it wasn't like St. Thomas Gospel fake stuff, right? Um, But then again, we'd still be testing Scripture with Scripture there. God doesn't contradict. God's Word doesn't contradict. And so any Scripture that we... Or any, you know... Let's say we found another letter to Paul. Another one of Paul's letters. Well, we test Paul's, that new letter, with Scripture. Not with Gabe's reasoning. Not with Gabe's math test, but with with Scripture. Alright, so I'm going to stop there. Um... So we can, I think, open it up for more discussion.